welcome officially to everyone. I'm Lee Henson Hasty. I'm the Senior Director of Theological Education Fund Development at the Presbyterian Foundation. I do that in partnership with the Committee on Theological Education, which Ted Wardlaw sits on as, as a institutional member uh, and president. Um, and we're here to talk about um, worship and community, which is really central to the mission of Austin Seminary, worship and community. I mean, if, if anyone's been on that campus, uh, you know the chapel, um, I'll quote Ted here, it demands worship almost. Um, it's it's a, a goth, small Gothic structure, beautiful place. Um, and it's central to who the identity of the of the seminary and who they are as a, as a church, as a seminary of the church and centered in that Christian worship. And that's why we're here today I, I don't think either Eric or Ted would say there are, are experts on virtual worship or something like that, but the way that they think about worship and community together, that kind of ecclesiology, I think, translates into multiple settings. We have folks who are with us, um, Anna Pickney Strait uh, from Lewisburg, Virginia, Lewisburg, West Virginia. Sorry about that, Anna. You know, folks from all kinds of locations, larger churches, smaller churches. Um, and, but those things I think will translate, um, for folks, um, and we'll, we'll do that conversation together, but let me introduce you if you don't already know these people, or you want to be reminded a little bit about who they are. Um, I have first Eric Wall. Eric has been at the seminary since 2016. He has a bachelor's and a master's, uh, from Florida State University. Um, organ performance and then choral conducting. Um, he's active in the Presbyterian Association of Musicians, the Hymn Society of the United States and Canada, American Guild of Organists. Um, he is uh, known for having a copy. Uh, I'm not sure if it's in that office or you want at work. Uh, the Joy of Music. Uh, just as you're entering, I, th I think that actually speaks to who you are. Uh, the Joy of Music that you bring, and um, we may understand you consume books you just consume well, books i'm i'm hoping to consume that stack right <laughs> oh that's your stack oh, that's my summer wow. stack. wow we'll see what happens okay optimistically but, but man maybe. we may have to you may have to show us a couple of those before before it's over with um and he uh has had a rich experience also i think folks know uh wonderful uh, music leader conductor um he has been the, the director of music at, at Montreat Conference Center since 2011. Um, he was the director of music at First Presbyterian Church in Asheville. Before that, the Asheville School. Um, uh, he is a frequent contributor to Call for Worship, if you haven't read that. And actually, one of my favorite things, and folks, you can download this from the Austin Seminary website, their faculty journal insights in the fall 2019, um, is a whole um, issue on worship and song. And Eric has a lead article in that and an interview, just wonderful article. I like to ask you about if we have time today, uh, a couple of things from there. I'm glad to have you here, Eric. And um, by the Thanks way, y'all, he has his, his Steinway upright just around the corner there. You can't see it. Yeah, uh, he's going to show us. Yeah, we'll swing around here, y'all. Maybe we'll so play some a little later. We, so. may, get, we may get something. Um, hey, Bill Marie, we have one of our co-moderators joining us. Glad to have you here. Um, so thanks for being here, 
um, Eric. And um, uh, before I ask you a question, let me introduce our other guest because, you know, he's just begging to, you know, <laughs> give me a hard time right now. <laughs> um, uh, the president uh, of Austin Seminary, Ted Wardlaw, uh, Theodore Jackson Wardlaw. His, uh, you know, in college, his, his, his name for the radio, he was a DJ. A lot of folks don't know this. And it was T. Jackson. Wasn't that your... T. Radio? Jackson Wardlaw. <laughs> that was your... And y'all, that T. was... T. Jackson Wardlaw. <laughs> that, that was at Presbyterian College. And I know how to pronounce this, the town where that's in, Clinton, Clinton, Clinton South Clinton. Carolina, yeah. Clinton, Clinton. But it was actually, it wasn't the college radio station. It was oh. the commercial radio station. Oh, really? Okay. And I was there on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, and they paid me $17 an hour. Wow. That was pretty good pay. Oh, man. Yeah. That would take you out to the, the Dairy Queen at Clinton, right. I guess, or something for a date. Um, he has degrees from Union uh, Seminary, which he talks about as a place, uh, Presbyterian Seminary, Union Theological in Virginia at the time, as a place that turned him upside down. Uh, he's walked me around that campus and pointed out the places and the people um, that formed him there and um, seminary. He, now he, he's living, uh, earlier he told my wife who jumped in here quickly that he's living the dream and he is in his office. He's going into his office. He has <clears throat> students on campus. He feels like that's important. I know you're staying distance and doing all those things. Just grateful for your leadership. Um, folks read him. I think he's one of my favorite contributors to the Benedictory piece that's usually in the Presbyterian Outlook. He's a prolific preacher. Um, preached. Um, he was the last preacher live at Brick Church in New York City, uh, March 8th, uh, which was a beautiful sermon online. Y'all can listen to that. Um, he's just a, just a really gift um, to the church and the world. He's been a pastor and head of staff in Atlanta Central Church, uh, Germantown in Tennessee, Grand Avenue um, in Sherman, Texas, where they have Austin College. Um, and Setauket, is that correct? How you pronounce it? In um, Long Island, New York. Um, boards at Union, Montreat, Conference Center. I could go on and on. He was, uh, I, I had a, a gift of serving with him when he was chair of the Committee on Theological Education. Um, and, and what a gift. He is some, Ted is someone, I folks probably know this, who know him, um, who shows up. He shows up as a friend and colleague in ministry. That, that vow, I think, in for ordination, you take as seriously as anybody I know uh, as a friend and col colleague in ministry, ordered by the word of God and the call of the spirit. So thank you for showing up today in your bow tie. He's known for those two, maybe as much or more than I am. And, um, and we're just grateful for you. Read, read stuff about him in Christian Century that he writes, Journal for Preachers. Um, and thanks, Ted, for being here. Thank you. Good grief. Yes. That was a wonderful introduction. Oh, my Don't gosh. Stop. Don't well, stop. No, no. Well, they'll get bored of hearing me really fast. So I want to get this over to you all. And um, folks know who've been joining us. Alan is here from New Albany. Carrie Weinbrenner, glass, glad you're here. Austin Seminary, proud, she says. Um, and others, Brooklyn, thanks for being here. Um, I would love to know, even in this moment, um, you know, what is it 
that God is calling you? How is God calling you? And I love how Howard Thurman thinks of that is um, what is making you come alive? Because what the world needs is people who are coming alive. What is making you come alive? And I'll just pitch it out there. Either one of you are welcome to go first. Eric, why don't you go first? I got to think about that question a little bit. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, that's a great question. And um, because I think if, I think in this, I mean, to me, to honestly answer that question these days is probably the same answer in some ways that all of you uh, tuned into this would give, which is that at any given moment, we can feel um, uh, sparks of aliveness um, right now. But also those are often off offset, at least for me, with um, at times as a sort of a, a, a greater sense of dullness or less aliveness. Mm. Um, and so for, for me, those are always kind of, you know, we're, I mean, we're all juggling those. And so um, anything I, I have this can think of to say about aliveness is, is um, um, may quickly be followed up in a matter of minutes on some days, but by, by some sense of um, heaviness or exhaustion mm. or, um, confusion or uncertainty and that's just where we all are and um but i would say to the aliveness half um uh in these past several months um in, in two in, in two communities um one is uh the austin seminary community and everything that we just described about it is exactly true um and has been one of the all of that has been what i've been so grateful for uh, being in this community that it's a seminary of the church and that that community of worship uh, has been so um, so strong there in person. And one of the things I found um, in the past two ish months is how strong that that community of worship has been, even um, in this way on this platform in this in this place. Um, and so one of the things that's I think made me come alive is just um, is just intuiting that we are in this community where everybody um is uh giving their best is 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 offering their prayer and offering their their optimism and offering their their um idea their ideas and um offering their encouragement that there's a sense of of being together that's that's that certainly made me come alive and another thing i would say is um you know i have we'll talk some today about worship in this medium and right. um i have i have zero training in worship in this meeting medium <laughs> prior to march 11th or 12th i think or most, this most year, folks you know? could say that and so, yeah exactly so we're uh we're uh and so one of the things that i think has has made me come alive has been discovering um some things about this which in spite of it all i have found rich and rewarding and stimulating and i suppose that has to do with in part of of, of being um, placed somewhere being placed on a platform and then trying to discern trying to let the platform reveal something about itself you mm. know what it what it can do what its parameters are and i don't mean just these right this right. box parameter that we're mm -hmm. in but the mm -hmm. the parameters of communication um mm -hmm. what's shareable what's connectable 
And so just mm -hmm. finding new ideas in unexpected places, um, I have found uh, to be but, very lively. Well, and you can find them now. I mean, now, I mean, it's not just the tall steeples with, you know, all the technology who were broadcasting before or the little small town. I know Anna Pitney Strait has talked to me about, they've been on the radio, I think for decades, you know, that they're figuring out new ways to do it. And when you did the frame, I listened to one of the festival homiletics is happening this week online, you know, and Otis Moss preached yesterday and he said, he talked about what is it that's happening outside the frame that you don't know that's there. And it, yeah. so I like, I like what you're talking about and, and it, it connects us outside our own frames that we normally are in and live in. So that's beautiful. How about you, Ted? What is, what is helping you come alive these well, I'd days? Like, I'd like to kind of riff off of some things Eric said, because I think we're on the same wavelength. I, I love uh, what makes me come alive just in general is any, time that I can see a moment, uh, a glimmer of grace that sort of surprises the ordinary. Mm. Uh, Barbara Brown Taylor talks about uh, herself as a kind of a detective of divinity. Mm. Um, and so what is it like to be alert for signs of that? And, and mm. I think you're right, Eric, in this time when we're kind of dulled by the monotony of um, the way we're living when we're sequestered in place, um, it's even more amazing when you see this. And I'm thinking right now about a, um, an article I read in the uh, morning New York Times this morning about this uh, Catholic priest in Queens who, who okay. actually had the coronavirus. He recovered from it. He lost an aunt mm. uh, from the coronavirus who lived somewhere in one of the boroughs there in New York, and he was not able to do her funeral because he was still mm. suffering with it. Uh, but his church has been closed. And so understandably, um, he um, he decided that if uh, people can't come to church, the church ought to find a way to go to the people. Beautiful. And, um, he put on the story that I saw this morning is he began putting on his vestments, had a fellow carrying a processional cross in front of him, and walking down the streets. Wow! Of Queens, wow! Uh, encountering a lot of his parishioners and um, uh, encouraging them, praying with them, blessing Beautiful. them. I love uh, that. There was one uh, woman who uh, came to the door and asked him, would you please come in and bless my husband? He can't come to church right now. And so he would do that. What a great picture that is of who oh, we yeah. are as a church. And I think many of us are doing this in all kinds of ways. Uh, and one of them is uh, as we offer our worship services on Zoom. It's right. not uh, like you're saying about the sanctuaries and all their beauty and mm -hmm. splendor. It's not that exactly. It's maybe your pastor... Uh, preaching to you from his living room or her living room. Right. But, um, but there is a kind of um, moment where we ourselves become uh, uh, glimmers of grace that um, sort of surprise the ordinary. I, I love that. That's quotable right there. I mean, it's beautiful. It makes me think of, uh, I've preached in a church in Georgia, and I know you've done this probably um, many times where they do a Kirkin of the Tartan. I'm sure uh, Eric, you, you've helped lead, and I know Montreat, that's a big deal, um, kind of a reformed take on, you know, a, a grand processional, and I'm just imagining, I've done that, I remember starting in this little small town, in the, in the town square, and marching about three or four blocks together, I mean, maybe, what, what would a Kirkin of the Tartan be like, you know, <laughs> right now, I mean, bagpipes are kind of made for, you know, being outside, sure. I was at St. Right. Andrew's 
college and we would play them inside and it, it's uh it, it's uh not the way they're supposed to be played but um that's a beautiful image uh, a glimmer of grace i like the detective of divinity too i mean that's happening all around us and noticing that's what preachers do you're such a great preacher ted um and i think that's important i'm i'm, I'm imagining you with a Sherlock Holmes hat <laughs> that can match your bow tie or something. Magnifying glass. Yeah. Right. But you know, it's it's a nice it's a nice image. And it even is. in the, the sort of bleakness of this time in many ways. Uh right. to be on the lookout for these signs of divinity. Uh, right. Amen. Uh, Amen. Well, um, we're getting some uh there, Brooklyn Smith, by the way, Ted is giving a little shout out about uh that maybe she would like to hear some music from you too, not just from from Eric. Really? Yeah, um it's the the specifically one song. <laughs> it's the fight song oh, for Presbyterian College. But uh <laughs> can you just give us one, you know, the first line, maybe? Well let is me try. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Brooklyn, are you are you a are you a PC grad? Are you a blue hose? <laughs> I think she might be. Power to you. Here we are. <laughs> on on PC to victory. I can't stop now. <laughs> and blue. Oh, we're for you and everything we do. Presbyterian spirits are high. <laughs> Never sorry. say die. For if we win or if we lose, we will love you, PC blue. So go blue hose. Get them blue. <laughs> That may go viral, you know. Everything now, there's a else <laughs> part that comes next, and then you pick it back up again. I'm not going to do that. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think uh, uh, we got some shout-outs for that. Um, so um, I, I am very curious, and I think others are. I mean, it's it's really. I mean, what I didn't introduce to Eric is assistant professor of sacred music, but also the dean of the chapel. That is not a position uh, at every seminary across the country. You see it, from, but it's it's important to your mission there at Austin Seminary, and it's helping direct the the worship life. Um, and um, I think that is that is important. Why why is worship central, Eric? do you think to the community of, of a seminary or, or, or to any sort of ecclesial uh, gathering? Why is that so central? I know it seems obvious, but I think it'd be helpful to hear how you think about it. I know in um, the article that I, I read, one of the articles I read, you talk about church music in a way that I think is so life-giving. It's, it's risky kind of work. It, it helps us learn how to trust each other, trust our voices, help us help us trust God, trust the liturgy and the song. Uh, it's a relationship sort of thing. So I suspect it has something to do with that. But why is it so important that it be central? Um, and it's one of the things, by the way, I mean, that's one of the only things many churches are able to do right now is have worship. So I think it would be helpful to hear how you think about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, that, that kind of, that's the kind of question that in this, <clears throat> excuse me, in this period, that's a that's a baseline question that we that we confront in in fresh ways. I mean, I mean, insofar as worship is is a primary gathering space of the community and and in and is a a, 
a return to source. I mean, our 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 liturgics professor uh, Jen Lord has a, a phrase that I've heard her use before, and she she uses this often speaking of of the Lord's Day worship or Sundays. But I would say the seminary are kind of our our Tuesday, our Sunday is on Tuesday, right? And it right. may be other places at different places. But Jen speaks of that as um, source and summit is, is kind of mm. a, a two word phrase, um, which is a great phrase uh, because it, it really is. I mean, we returned. It, it's the wellspring that we return to it. It's 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 um, it's where we recall everything God does and we recall who we are made by God and we listen for what God is saying and we recommit ourselves to what God is doing and what God might do through us. And insofar as worship, um, whether at a seminary or in a church or in a conference center or any other kind of, of, of setting, um, just pulls all the riches of the life of faith together. Um, mm. The hearing of scripture and the glory of preaching and the beauty of music and the, the wonder of art and, um, and and the um, the to sort of riff on Ted, the the divine and the ordinariness of ourselves, uh, mm -hmm. which of course is what's so painful right now in so many ways, is that we we we, we, we all those subtleties that happen in worship, the, the 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 friendly glance and the handshake and the hug, mm. and and what you just did, Lee, that kind of the, those little affirmations that we make that right. sort of <laughs> ring in a room, you know, right. um, and all all those things that that um, that knit up a community, um, and and the fact that in a worshiping community, it's it's where our it's where our gifts are invited to be and where our 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 honest selves are invited to be and where our, our, our humanity is invited to be extraordinary to, again, to riff on what Ted is saying. Um, you know, certainly at Austin Seminary, uh, it's, uh, as you said earlier, you come on a campus and the chapel, bam, right. it's just there. Yeah. I mean, you, right. you, you, you know that. And, um, uh, and it's, uh, but that's not a monument. That's not, that's not, it's uh, a living place. Yeah. Right. It's and, a living um, place. I think that's, uh, that's important. And it, I read where you talk about it points toward a future. I mean, the reason to gather, the reason to sing, is it pointing toward the future God is imagining? I thought you were getting ready to say that. Is, but it's, I think it's helpful in this time because in Zoom and other virtual ways, you can have the, that amen corner. Um, you can have that glance. It's just, you got to, it, it takes a little more work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's finding where that it's, it's detecting that in new ways and, and how does this medium give us the ways to do that? And mm -hmm. um, it may be in a comment later online, you know, it may not be synchronous, right? right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's um, uh, we, uh, you know, one of like one example of that has been for us at the seminary in our zoom worship, um, and in the congregation to which Ted and I both belong in Austin, uh, University Press, um, that little chat with chat feature, um, All right. which seems so ordinary, right, on a meeting, um, which in a regular Zoom meeting is simply um, a, a means to cut and paste a link or to say to somebody, unmute yourself or I can't hear. <laughs> I mean, that even that chat in this in this online worship becomes a kind of holy space. Right. Um, we had a service at the seminary, I think it was the week after Easter, uh, one of our seniors was preaching, 
and another student was leading the prayers of the people and we had invited people to type the prayer requests in as i'm sure many people are doing but our student her name's ann graham um, as the as the the prayer requests came in she read them aloud and it was just extraordinarily rich just to sort of let knowing that that was happening right now that the people uh, it was this great moment of connection and you mentioned carrie weinbrenner one of our about uh, uh one of our about to be graduates um yeah, she's online along and, with chris curry and a few others by the way excellent well, you know, carrie's <laughs> carrie's an amazing singer and her and her voice is uh one that i'm gonna sorely miss um uh, starting now, really, and um, mm -hmm. uh, but to to invite hers and others' gifts into this space to to to, to reimagine what that gathering, what that gathering of gifts can be, has been one of that's been one of the alignnesses. I, for me. I spoke with a former head of staff you work with, Pete Peary, uh, oh. uh, who is by, by the way he's serving as a phonics teacher right now. I understand for one of his grandchildren, <laughs> among other things. Um, but he talks about how you bring the voices and the gifts into the room and notice those gifts. This is something I think is also akin to your president. He is able to notice gifts of people and get them like you noticing your gifts and getting you on that faculty. I think there's something uh, um, that's been a gift gift to him. I noticed I've, I've forgotten this. Um, both of you are, are Ted, you also have uh, a faculty appointment as professor of homiletics and you're in, you know, most seminaries have a theology department and a biblical department, and then kind of a practical department. Um, but y'all, you are both in the department called the church's ministry, church's, church's ministry. possessive, yeah. right? The yes. church's ministry. And I think that is something to highlight. It's a, and there's leadership. I think the, the Zabendan chair of church leadership must be also in that department along with you all. Um, but I appreciate how you notice, notice those kinds of gifts. Um, Ted, as someone who is known as, you know, in journal preachers and all around the country as, as a preacher, what, what is it about worship being central um, now and any time? Uh, wh why does that matter? Um, it's, how do you because, think about that? Because it reminds us of who and whose we are. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's awfully uh, tempting to go to worship, uh, even if you're a regular worshiper, um, uh, feeling a certain sense of, I've got all this. And in mm. fact, in fact, we don't. And I'm reminded of that every Sunday. I mean, I, I, I tell our pastor, uh, that was a too hanky moment today <laughs> or whatever. Uh, I, I, now that I'm uh, more, more often a pew sitter than a um, person who sits in the chancel and stands in the pulpit, I, um, I find myself a lot more porous for uh, the impact of worship. And so I will see uh, maybe in a processional as the choir and clergy mm -hmm. come in on a Sunday morning at university church. And maybe it's a, the beauty of that uh, twin right. with some important uh, fragment of a verse of a hymn. And I find myself in tears. Mm. Um, that's, that's, I think God's way of reminding me that um, this is not about me. This is right. about, this is about God loving me and God loving the world and um, uh, my reordering myself in the whole um, the whole panoply of, of, of humanity in that way. You, I, now you use the word porous. 
Yes. Is that, are you kind of talking about, this is like thin places? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? I think yeah. worship can be, uh, when worship works for a person, <laughs> it's because I think that person has discovered that he or she is standing in a thin place. Right. And uh, something has cracked into that hard shell that we often are when we right. you just go through the, 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 the week and, and, and worship as well. Um, there's something about worship that reorients and reminds us where we are appropriately located in the, um, in the architecture of uh, heaven and earth. And um, that's what it does for me. That's um, beautiful. I mean, I think, I mean, even in these times, uh, by the way, Chris Henry, Clifton Foster, welcome. Lainey Snipes, glad you're here. June Hahn, um, you know, I, those we know, I think, um, if we're good detectives of the divinity, I mean, all of us have experienced those moments. Um, Ted and uh, Pete and everybody who knows you, Eric, tells me you are one of those people who helps. Uh, this is my word, opens kind of that space for that to happen and has a way of bringing the whole experience, including the music and the voices in the room. And, 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 and by the way, all of them say you're clear. It's not about you. It's not about you as the musician, right? It's it's about um, it's about God. I guess it's about um, it's about the community. It's about the body of Christ present. Then, um, kind of breaking that open. And um, so I'm just grateful. I can't believe we're already at one thirty. You all and I promise my people that uh, are twelve thirty your time. Um, at, and but. We're going to have to wrap this up. Let me see. Vanessa Hawkins has joined us and, and among others, Erica Funk, Tammy Carter. Thank you. Ted Hartog, Laura Smith Conrad, a great group of people singing your praises. A couple singing praises of the Blue Hose as well. Um, just so you know. Um, thank you, Allie Utley, Ellie Johns Kelly. Glad you're here. I just want to say thank you from the church. Oh. Um if you don't hear it and we're not enough for the gift that both of you are uh, as leaders in the church and leaders at a theological school too, um, for the ways that you are forming others and you're allowing yourself, I appreciate the humility, allowing yourself to be formed. Um, thank you for the things you write and the things you say on um, the people that you touch. Uh, the church's future is being impacted and has been um, because of the gifts you bring. And um, it's just, uh, uh, if folks don't know you, I hope they will now and follow you. And um, I wish we had more time is my only regret. Um, I would like to invite um, you all, maybe maybe you could do this together, a benediction. We usually close with sort of a charge and a benediction. And Maybe there's some music involved. I don't know. This is unscripted, y'all. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to put you in too much of a hard place. Well, but, let, uh, let, if you, you mentioned uh, lead music a second ago, because um, uh, uh, Ted is the pastor uh, between the two of us, and that final benedictory word ought to be uh, from him, I think. But um, I'll just do this uh, and say this and move and, and shift uh, sure. positions over here um, because I, I think we're all figuring out what, um, certainly for church musicians, I think we're figuring out what 
con what what the people singing even is uh, right. these days. And uh, those watching or tuning in may know that the the predictions from um, singing experts across the country are. Uh, a little dismal in terms right. of our abilities to sing congregationally or chorally, maybe for months and months. Um, and so it invites us to re-explore what, e what, e what it even means to engage with a song. And what we find is that sometimes we can engage at home maybe with our own voices, um, which is a different experience than singing with people around you right. and being uh, lifted in that way. But we also engage with our memories and we engage with our eyes and engage with just listening. And so the, these various entry points into songs or into prayers or any other part of worship. And so I'll just play one verse here. And I, um, when when we've done songs at the seminary or at University Press, um, we've tried them in a variety of ways because there are a variety of ways to be in the songs. And, um, uh, and sometimes it's helpful for a lead voice um, to help carry a song because it gives it gives the congregation out there right. a, a hook. But sometimes what I find is I just play the thing and sort of trust that it's out there that people <laughs> people bring themselves to it. So I'm just going to do that now. Beautiful. I'm just going to play Beautiful. and you all bring whatever to it you want to and then it can be over to Ted. friends, go out into the world in peace, go back to work in peace, encounter the sacredness in the midst of the secular in peace, and as you go, remember that you never go alone. Christ, our Lord, walks with you every step of the way, and to his name be glory, honor, and power, now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you both. Uh, you really moved me. Um, there, uh, both of you, and I'm sure others. We had that moment, <laughs> and um, it's a gift. And uh, we'll just say thank you, praise be to God. Um, blessings on both of you again, and thanks a lot. And everyone who joined us, uh, glad you were here. Next week, uh, we'll be talking. We don't have the topic locked in now, but uh, probably something like education remotely with uh, the Reverend Dr. Jose Irizarry, who is. Um, the Vice President of Education at the Board of Pensions has served a number of our schools, just a, a real gift himself. Glad to have him coming with us next week. Um, but thank you both uh, for this porous moment. You, and um, stay safe out there, right? Uh, <laughs> we, we want everybody to remember we have a little public service message. Everybody stay safe, you know, as you're sent out into the world. And um, you guys stay on with me a second, and uh, but uh, goodbye to everyone. We'll we'll see you next week. Goodbye, folks.